0: The arts are everywhere and in everything. And there's a fascinating, unique person and story behind each one. And that's what The Arthropologist is all about exploring the arts, one unique person and one unique story at a time. I'm Bill Wilson, and I'm The Arthropologist. Welcome to The Arthropologist. Today, I have a great friend. She's been a very loyal student. As a matter of fact, that's how we met. Uh, I guess last year, you were in one of my painting workshops. And when, uh, at my son's house where we do the workshops, you saw all the ballet paintings. And that's where we got to talking about your past and that you're a retired ballerina. So everybody, welcome Vicki Ramsey. Uh, Vicki, Tell us about, okay, so you're retired. How long did you dance?
1: So my, um, well, I started, of course, when I was a little girl to get my ballet training. But um, I started dancing professionally at the age of 18, uh, right out of high school, and um, uh, went to Europe, and, and I danced. Uh, my career uh, lasted for 20 good 22 years.
0: Okay, now... For those of you who are watching and you saw the clickbait, the uh, Vicky, the uh, Munchkin Midget, vertically challenged ballerina. Okay, so tell us, Vicky, how tall are you?
1: okay, so i'm about five one and a half. I used to always kind of fudge it a little bit and tell everybody I was five two and, and when I had to fill out my forms and everything but i'm i'm five one and a half so i'm small Okay, um, my body type is not your normal body type it's uh um you know i have uh short legs in in relationship to my 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 torso and um and so i'm I'm more of a I guess, a stocky build, maybe, than I am a willowy, long-legged dancer.
0: Okay. And this actually, our conversation a few days ago went in this direction because I asked you, well, first of all, did you tour just in Europe or all over the
1: world? Um, well, with the companies in Europe, it was mainly Europe, um, and then um, and then when I uh, came back to the states and finished out my career in the states, of course, it was all over the United States, and again back to Europe some. So basically, really, pretty much in the Western world.
0: Okay. Well, I asked you where was your favorite, most receptive places to dance, and where was the least favorite, uh, least. Uh, uh, Favorable audiences to dance at, and where was the least favorite?
1: So um, I I would say um, that Ireland probably did not support the arts that much. There wasn't that much. In fact, sometimes we would be performing to about you know a handful of people uh, in Ireland, um, and that was mainly out in the in the rural areas, of course, but still. It was not as popular as, of course, I'm sure everybody's familiar with all the the Irish dancing. And so um, we, as a ballet company, we're were not really well followed.
0: Right, and so, but then I asked you, okay, where were you based when you were in Europe? And you were based in Ireland.
1: In Ireland, yes. Yes. Okay, Um,
0: so tell us, Ireland's, you know, it's just not a big ballet area, big ballet country right what possessed you then to go to ireland to start to have a career as a ballet dancer
1: okay so i started out my career in belgium with a company uh that we just mainly did the classics um classical ballet and um there was a girl there that had uh joined the irish national ballet company and they happened to be looking for a small girl And, um, so she said that she knew of a small girl that was a good dancer and contacted me. And then I auditioned for the company. And so that was what drew me there was, was, you know, the, the opportunities to, to be dancing with, with someone that's, that's more my, my size. And then also, um, Ireland had, uh, they brought in a lot of people from, um, Europe and all over. So I had lots of opportunities to work with great choreographers, um, uh, great, uh, dancers, great teachers, ballet teachers. Um, and so it was, it ended up being a wonderful opportunity for me as uh, far as growing as a dancer.
0: Right now you told me someone had told you basically that you were qualified in their company to advance up but you were just too short and tell us a little bit about that because that's actually what got us started in the whole ireland direction
1: sure yeah so um i was uh received my early very early training sort of as a as a young girl um with this school and the and the school was very stylized uh, at the time, in the 60s, 70s, um, George Balanchine was very, very, very uh, prominent on the American scene, and, um, and they were very stylized in the Balanchine training and, and, and choreography, and so at the age of 13, they, they invited me to audition for the company and I did, and, um, and it was, of course, it was an apprenticeship, um, and they, throughout the year, you know, we, we had to, when it came, came time to move up, we had to audition again to move up into the company, and so we all did, the apprentices all did, and they took myself and another apprentice girl into a room, and I, I, I was excited. I thought, oh, good, I get to move up, you know, and, um, and so the girl, uh, one of the girls, they said, you know, they invited her to be in what they called B Company, and they, then they looked at me, and they said, Vicki, you're good enough to go into B Company, but you're too short, and you will never be a dancer, mm. so mm. I was, I mean, I had no idea, but number one, I had no aspirations of being a dancer at that time, I mean, at 13, 14 years old, I, I didn't really know, uh, really hadn't even, it hadn't even crossed my mind, but they sort of did me a favor because it what it was like a slap in the face. And uh, I took it as failure, um, that I was a failure. And, and so my parents very wisely uh, looked into what else was around in the Dallas area. And there was another, Uh, little civic organization called Dallas Civic Ballet and they took me to audition there and the artistic director happened to be uh, from grew up in France was born and raised in France and um, and then his wife was one of the famous uh, American Indian uh, ballerinas and so and also What, what was
0: her name what was her name
1: her name was Marjorie Tallchief, or is Marjorie, she's still alive oh, today. fun, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he, Mr. George Skibin, her husband, um, was the artistic director of Dallas Civic Ballet. And I talked to him afterwards and I said, you know, I've been told I'm too short and would never be a dancer. And he said, no, 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 no. He was actually uh, from Russian descent, but his parent, he grew up in France. And, um, and he said, but you're gonna have to probably uh, dance in Europe. Um, and you're probably going to, and you're gonna have to be, you're gonna have to work hard. You're gonna have to, and his, in his words, he said, you're gonna have to be better than everybody else and so i i i went to work you know basically um and and so they they almost did me a favor by telling me that i couldn't do it you know because i doubled down
0: this was in the 70s or
1: this was uh let's see 60s late 60s
0: early 70s well and you know what's really interesting is you know you and i are pretty close to the same age. I think you're a little bit older, but, um, we grew up at a time when, you know, if you got some sort of negative, ugly, uh, comment like that, you didn't turn around and sue them. You didn't turn around and go to the media and try to make a big deal. It wouldn't have mattered anyway. Nobody would have cared, but we had to take that kind of stuff and build on it. And, uh, I think that, hopefully I'm, I'm hoping that that's sort of an inspiration to a lot of people that are listening that rather than being hypersensitive and if someone says something that hurts your feelings well get over it and make something of yourself because at best you had what you told me like a 21 year career in ballet that, that. okay yeah so rather than having possibly won a lawsuit which I mean, it might would have given you some visceral pleasure, uh, but it wouldn't have given you a 21-year career, and uh, no, it uh, so uh, you know that just it it speaks a lot for your character and you know the fact that you said yeah I think you said you were 18 when that happened. Uh, no, you, it
1: was about uh, 14.
0: About when 14. That wow! Yeah. So about 14, you just took it and said, "No, I'm not going to let this." Uh, d- alter the direction of my life, I'm actually going to strive even harder. And that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, they did me a favor because like I said, the school was very stylized and they only did one kind of style of, of, of dance, ballet. And, uh, when I went to Dallas civic ballet and was introduced to Mr. Skibbean and, and, and Miss Tallchief, um, that, I, I I learned that there was a whole, there was modern dance, there was jazz, um, There the classics, we didn't do the classics in the other um, school. It was more Balanchine style. So it, it was very narrow. The training was very narrow there. Right. And all of a sudden I'm in this, I mean, I remember the first performances that I did with Dallas Civic Ballet. Of course I was in the court of ballet and, but um I was a monster in um, in uh, Firebird, and which was a lot of rolling around on the floor. Very modern, a lot of rolling around on the floor, making ugly stuff and everything. And then, um, conversely, you we also did self Feeds, which is just a classic uh, classical ballet. You know, point shoes, long tutus, the hair, and you know, and the and the, and the and the low bun, and and so it was it was a big eye-opener for me. And so, like I said, they did me a favor.
0: Right, right. Well, okay, so you traveled around and um, because my family is is heavily involved in dance, I always like to, uh, you know, sort of have people like yourself share some of the things that uh, aren't necessarily always, I guess, talked about. Uh, with young people who want to become professional dancers what is it like to your personal life so you know you're going to be touring and traveling around a lot how does that affect interpersonal relationships dating you know things like that
1: right well I mean I have to say you know once you're in a company uh, you eat breathe dance and sleep ballet or or, you know what the company Uh, we worked pretty much my, my first company that I worked with, we would start at about 10 o'clock in the morning and we wouldn't finish until seven o'clock at night. Um, that, that company toured a lot. So we were, I mean, I I had a bag packed just about, you know, by the door, you know, uh, just all the time because we were always touring and, uh, there were about 50, um, dancers in the company. And so, there really wasn't a lot of time for outside what I call getting to know normal people. And, um, and so, you know, really the people that I dated while I was there were pretty much dancers. Um, same thing when I went to Ireland, you know, it it wasn't quite as rigorous of a, of a rehearsal schedule there, but it was still, we still, we danced all day long and, and, um, uh, the only time that I really had uh, a relationship with somebody outside the ballet, which was when I moved to Dallas, I came back to Dallas uh, towards the end of my career. And um, and it was difficult for that person because I was on stage, you know, and, and people were talking about, you know, his girlfriend that was on stage and, you know, and it, there was a, there was definitely some jealousy there. Oh. And um oh. So, I really, I mean, most of us really didn't have, you know, relationships with normal people.
0: <laughs> right. So, you know, there's the, there's the glamour of being on stage, but it can also take a toll on your personal life. And back when you were touring in the 60s, 70s, I guess, up into the early 80s. Um,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: this... Uh, a lot of listeners will, or watchers of this program, will not be able to relate to the fact that back in the 60s and 70s, especially, even long-distance telephone calls were incredibly prohibitive, because if you were trying to call from Dallas to Ireland or Paris, I'd have to make up the number, I don't know, but you know it would probably cost the equivalent of five six seven dollars or more a minute in date today's dollars, so if you missed your mom if you missed your uh your dad or or a boyfriend or something, giving them a call could cost you you know a ten minute call might could cost you the equivalent today of fifty or sixty bucks
1: yeah yeah probably yeah absolutely, yeah,
0: and so yeah. I guess. How did you keep in contact was it just letters or did you just do a little bit of calling occasionally
1: Uh, mainly letters Um, you know when i when i had to call my parents i had to go to a calling station because there weren't any you didn't have phones in in the apartments in europe Um, and so in fact you know very few people had phones in their house so I had to go down to a calling station, and um, so I would arrange a time with my folks, say, you know, I'll call, uh, you know, I would write them a letter and say, oh, well, I can call on Saturday, you know, uh, May the 1st, and, and um, you know and i would I would go and and I would call them, I would go down to the calling station now sometimes they could call the ballet company if they if it was an emergency or something like that because of course the ballet company had a phone um but um that yeah it was there weren't there certainly weren't <laughs> weren't any cell phones back then
0: no, and did you get lonely sometimes or were you just so busy there wasn't time to get lonely
1: at first, I got lonely um you know, because it was a different world for me in Belgium, Um, I didn't speak the language when I first went there, they speak French. So I learned very, very, very quickly uh, to another language, which is, you know, it's a good thing, it's not a bad thing. And, uh, but you know, the first year I was very homesick, but I stuck it out. You know, my parents have always told me if I started something that I had to finish the year out be it if if it was ballet if i wanted to quit mid-year or piano if i wanted to quit mid-year they would say well you can quit at the end of the year so i already had that ingrained inside my head so to me it wasn't an option to quit mid-season you know and by the time you get to the end of the season you're happy and everything and yes you're going to sign another contract and um so that first year was 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 tough on me, both in, in so far as, you know, I missed my family, um, I was an only child, so, um, you know, I, I didn't have any friends there when I went, um, I, uh, um, you know, communication was difficult, and, uh, but then again, we were so busy, I mean, we rehearsed so much, such long hours, and we toured so much that, um, that I wasn't, I wasn't bored.
0: <laughs> right, right, and you said that uh, you still keep in contact with a lot of those same people.
1: Yes, I do. Uh, not so much with the people in Belgium; I've lost track of them. But uh, when I was with Irish National Ballet, I still keep track of the, of those people.
0: Okay. Now you retired after about twenty one years. Tell us what what motivated you to uh, hang up the slippers.
1: Okay. So, um, I was just shy of my 40th birthday when I retired, which is a long career for a dancer. And I guess from about the age of, uh, probably 36, 37, even that's pushing it. Um, I would say, okay, well, I don't look old and haggard out there. And I don't look like I need the shepherd's hook yet to like drag me off the stage. So I was, I was taking it on a year to year basis. You know, uh, again, that thing of what my parents installed with, to, with my, in my head, you know, it's like, you got to finish out the year, got to finish out the year. So, uh, I met my husband, um, who is from Mississippi and, um, it was a good time. Uh, the relationship was wonderful, and still is. And um, and uh, it was. We had he and I had both talked about me coming to Mississippi uh, and um, and getting married. And uh, so I decided that it was a good time. For me to hang them up. Uh, I, was, I was not at the bottom of my heap. I was still at the top um, and still dancing well. And I always wanted to go out on a good note instead of a bad note. Right. And as fate would have it, I was vacillating on my decision. Um, we, had, we were at the end of the season and we were about we had one more rep that we were gonna perform. And long story short, the company folded before we were able to do that last rep. And I went, okay, there's my answer. It's time to go. <laughs> you know? right. so, um, that's how that worked.
0: Okay. Um, well, uh, do you miss it? Do you miss the dance or, you know, it, it's over and, it, and that's, that's, that's a, a past part of your life.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it is a past part of my life, but yeah, of course I miss it. I mean, I talked to one of my best, 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 best friends that I met in Ireland. She now lives in Dallas and she's ballet master of Texas Ballet Theater. And so I talked to her every single day. I miss the camaraderie that uh, we have, that you have in a ballet company because you're in such, you're in the studio together, you eat lunch together, you, you, you do so much together. And I really miss that togetherness and of course i miss i miss the dancing too i mean absolutely i I would be a liar if i say i didn't
0: (laughs) (laughs) well what's so interesting is that you left dance and moved into another artistic discipline of painting which you know we can see your lovely paintings behind you and that is very much an isolated uh, profession uh, an isolated undertaking i know because i've been doing it for 35 years
1: right yeah
0: uh, yeah yeah yeah. did you like to paint and draw before did did you know you had some talent or i
1: piddled around with not painting so much but drawing and my mother was was a very good draftsman she could draw and and i remember she took painting at, at one stage when i was younger um when i was into dancing and everything and i remembered gosh, I'd, I'd like to do that one day, you know, and, uh, but I was good at fixing things costume wise, um, you know, piddling around with other, other forms of art, and, um, one day, actually, it was my husband, I, I was frustrated, I had come in, I had been teaching, I had been, um, uh, I had my own Pilates business at that time, and, which I, I enjoyed, but, it was, I was working on other people. I wasn't working on myself. Right. And my husband, uh, I came in one time and I, one day and I was frustrated. And, and uh, Alan said, Well, is there anything that you've always wanted to do that you've never done? And from the depths of my soul, I'm not kidding you. It was like a voice that came out of nowhere that said, Yeah, I've always wanted to learn how to paint. And I stood there a minute and kind of, looked around like who said that you know and and he gave me a, an easel and brushes that christmas and then you know the rest is history i i i went uh looking for lessons and and uh, started taking art lessons with bob Tompkins and and uh, the, the rest is history I, i've met you and and right. uh, and right. so yeah
0: well i'll tell you um we're about out of time, but before we go, I wanted you to tell everyone so that they can come visit your website and see your paintings, uh, what's your What's your website?
1: Okay, so it's www.VictoriaRamsay, and that's spelled with an A-Y, not an E-Y, dot net.
0: Okay, uh, I'll get you to email me that and I'll actually put it up here on the screen when we post this um but okay that's it thank you vicky so much thank you guys for watching if you enjoyed this episode of the arthropologist there are more episodes on youtube to see my work you can visit my website billwilsonstudio.com where i have my books prints and originals for sale i'm a portrait painter and illustrator and there you can contact me about commissioned work I'm Bill Wilson, and I'm the Anthropologist.